What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Only 4% of universities in the U.S. are R1 research institutions and... Temple University is one of them. This means 100% of students have the opportunity to participate in hands-on learning and research with world-class faculty. With over 600 academic programs across 17 schools and colleges, Philadelphia's largest public university provides students with a rich variety of opportunities and propels graduates to succeed in their careers. Temple University. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. visit Say is in a crucial stage. It's not because of foreign wars we wage. It's more to do with the colors blue and red. Too many laws and too much government. Can you tell me where the Constitution went? The Bill of Rights is just hanging by a thread. So many people try to cross the border. Politicians build a new world order. Too many minds are convinced they should be led I've gotta be free The way God made men And I won't be ruled by the damn you went Taking your right to self-defense They say you're safer but they don't make sense Dangerous ones will not turn into guns Always ask for more All we buy is made on foreign shores Come a day when there'll be real help pay I've gotta be free The way God made men And I won't be ruled by the damned
Hello and welcome to today's broadcast of Tapping to the Truth. Hope you're having a fantastic day wherever you are and whatever you may be doing, with all the usual caveats, of course. With you as always, I'm your ever-so-humble and mostly peaceful host, Tim Tap, coming to you from historic Rome County, Tennessee. Glad to have you here along for the ride. Thank you so much for joining me. We're going to jump right in because we've got a lot of different topics I wanted to try to touch in on today before we go in deep. We're going to be spending a lot of time talking about the culture war in hour number two. We're going to talk about breaking news here in hour number one. First and foremost, we have been talking a lot here recently about the ongoing issue of human trafficking here in the United States. Uh, how different factors are playing into it. So when I saw this headline, I decided I definitely wanted to make sure we at least discussed it. Just a, an example of how this is still so prominent and is going on literally everywhere across the country. Uh, here, a missing 14-year-old girl was rescued from three men suspected of sex trafficking, this poor girl, for over nearly two weeks in Georgia. Uh, Lawrenceville police say that they were alerted to the presence of a distraught child in a Walmart parking lot uh, on Wednesday of this past week. Police said that they discovered the girl had been reported missing from Cobb County, Georgia, and then they arrested the <clears throat> excuse me, they arrested the three men who were with her. They believed that the men forced this girl into prostitution at an apartment on Maddox Street. The three suspects were booked into jail without bond. The girl has been returned to Cobb County to receive emotional and physical assistance over this horrific ordeal. Now, experts say that human traffickers often manipulate their victims to protect the perpetrators when police officers become suspicious. They don't cry out for help. They usually try to find another way to protect the trafficker. It, it's a situation not that dissimilar when you are taken captive and suddenly uh, develop strong emotional uh, feelings and attachments to your captain. It's, it's sad. It's scary. And it's nothing new. A similar case from uh, 2022 that made a lot of headlines, a uh, 15-year-old went missing, when she went to the bathroom at a Dallas Mavericks basketball game. This took forever to be dealt with properly. We talked not that long ago. In fact, it has quickly become one of my most listened to recent broadcasts about a young girl by the name of Sage, also 14 years old, who was tricked into meeting with a sex predator, convicted no less, who was pretending to be a 15-year-old skater boy. She ended up in Baltimore, where she was taken then uh, into the custody of the state. And because the grandfather mistakenly referred to Sage as she, she being a biological female who for some reason, was identifying as male, well, then the, the bureaucrats in Baltimore decided that it just simply was too dangerous to turn this girl back over to the grandmother and grandfather who had parental rights because the parents had passed away. She ends up getting put in a home for troubled youth. 
uh, not just troubled youth, because she identified as a boy, she was put in the hands of other boys. Now, you can imagine it did not take long for this situation to become bad for her again. So she's been the victim of human trafficking because she fell into the trap of a predator. Then she was put into a place where she's going to be victimized further because in the eyes of the Baltimore bureaucrats, it's way more important to play the games of identity politics than it is to, you know, employ common sense. Heaven forbid that should happen. And of course, we know the left and these bureaucrats were leftists. They're all about engaging in the destruction of parental rights because, as we all know, all children belong to the government, right? All right, so bad situation in Baltimore in this home for boys. Uh, so she runs away after a little bit and ends up in the hands of human traffickers again, this time in Texas. And thankfully, when Texas authorities found her, she ended up back home where she belonged. Unfortunately for her, this means that she fell into three different bad situations. And if you missed the full description of that situation, I implore you to go back and listen to the archives. Please do so. In the meanwhile, we need to be focused ever so much on how real this threat is becoming. Human trafficking is no longer simply targeting a few wayward people here and there. And the idea of identity politics where we are causing gender confusion among young people is becoming just another means for grooming children into uh, this situation where they become, well, they become the target of being trafficked. It's just another opening. It's just another way to create this ridiculous issue. People who we're supposed to be protecting or putting further at risk. And I just, I simply do not know how we can continue to allow this. It's way too important for us to turn a blind eye. Let's keep up the pressure on elected officials, especially the ones with a D at the end of their name, who are so busy listening to those squeaky wheel morons that keep trying to say, oh, if you don't support these children and their ideas, blah, 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 you're risking their lives. Sounds to me like their lives are at a lot more risk by playing along with these silly games. All right, another quick hit story that you need to be aware of as we go into this week. A brand new intelligence report prompted a key U.S. science agency to come to the decision and, and wait for it. I know a lot of you guys out there listening to this are going to be like, hey, welcome to the party, pal. But it, it led this energy science agency to come to the conclusion that COVID most likely leaked from a Chinese laboratory in Wuhan. Oh my goodness, stop the presses. None of us had a clue that was even a possibility, right? And talk about old news. But hey, that is the way they acknowledge the news, right? Well, we're going to keep uh, uh, ignoring it, ignoring it, ignoring it. We're going to tell you that that's just not true. We're going to tell you that you're a tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist if you mention this out loud, and then we're going to put pressure on social media platforms to try and censor you or ban you outright if you try to get that information out. But eventually we're going to admit that it was true all along. We're not going to offer up an apology, and we're going to still act like you were the crazy one for daring to see through their smoke screen in the first place. Well, congratulations, boys and girls. Either we're to the part where they're no longer denying it, 
or a few new agencies in the government are going to be added to the list of tinfoil hat censorship crew. Uh, we have the Energy Department joining us now, guys. The U.S. Energy Department, with its network of U.S. national laboratories, has revised its assessment to say with low confidence, so they're not completely admitting it yet, they're just kind of saying, well, we're now officially acknowledging that it's possible. But they're saying now with low confidence that the pandemic likely began with a lab leak. Uh, they were uh, giving this source to the Wall Street Journal, by the way. Uh, the report also said that officials would not share details about the new intelligence, which led the agency to kind of shift its view from being undecided to now with low confidence, which still, you know, not a lot of difference, but they're softening the edges so that later on they can pretend like they had told us the truth about it all along. Anyway, the assessment appears to be an update to the 2021 classified report that went to the Director of National Intelligence. Now, the National Intelligence Council and four other agencies, which the newspaper, Wall Street Journal, uh, says officials refuse to identify, still believe with low confidence in the natural emergence theory as well. So the FBI assessed in 2021 with moderate confidence that the pandemic likely began with a lab leak. The CIA and two other agencies reportedly still have not made a determination. The updated classified report also affirms that the view of COVID did not stem from a biological weapons program. So they're still thinking they were just most likely trying to do gain-of-function research and just kind of blew it. It is, has been well documented that the lab in Wuhan, where this is suspected to have originated at, does have pretty low safety protocols. It's not treated like they are dealing with particularly hazardous or dangerous uh, pathogens. They, they just simply don't treat it that way. So a leak there... It's not only likely, but it's highly probable. Stuff is most likely making its way outside of the laboratory setting there all the time. It's just fortunate enough for the population of the city of Wuhan, and in this particular instance for the rest of the world, that ordinarily they're not handling things that are dangerous enough to create a worldwide pandemic. Now, of course, as we can argue, debate, and talk about COVID-19 till the cows come home, most of us recognize that unless you meet certain pre-existing condition comorbidity factors in your existence, COVID-19 is not particularly dangerous or hazardous to you as a human being. In fact, despite the best efforts at suppressing all the information about harm caused from the vaccines, it would really appear, especially for younger people in particular, that the vaccines have been far more harmful to the human population than COVID-19 is capable of being. So uh, we'll let Spotify go ahead and put the little sticker on this one warning you that you should go uh, to the government-approved area to, to learn about COVID-19 because my statement here is controversial and not giving you full context. 
And that's fine. Hey, at least Spotify is leaving the shows up. Uh, can't make that same claim in all the other locations. So uh, yeah, put your little labels on there. And I wear that as a badge of honor because as most of you have discovered, when it comes to big tech and all of the in industry out there, if you're not getting one of these badges, if you're not getting these little warning stickers attached to your stuff, if you're not being ratioed down or shadow banned, then you're probably not on the right track. So we'll take that as a badge of honor and uh, a sign that we are, in fact, doing the right thing. Before we get to the uh, next story that I wanted to spend a little more time talking about a little more in-depthly, I do need to talk to you a little bit about today's sponsor. So please, once we're all said and done here, or if you're one of those great people capable of multitasking, feel free to go ahead and check them out while you're listening. But I need you to go visit 4patriots.com. That's the number 4, 4patriots.com, because right now they are desperately trying to get you hooked up uh, with some preparedness supplies. You can get all kinds of things there. They have the emergency food rations. They have heirloom seeds. They have water purifiers. They have all kinds of survival gear. But the thing that they really want me talking to you about right now is the thing that could have saved Craig's family. Now, Craig, he was out there trying to do the right thing during Hurricane Ida. He went out. He bought a gas generator. He fired that bad boy up. But unfortunately, during the night, deadly carbon monoxide seeped out of the gas generator and into Craig's home. It poisoned his wife and his two children in their sleep. The sad part is, Craig isn't alone. The federal government is warning us that every year thousands of Americans succumb to carbon monoxide poisoning to some degree. And unfortunately, those thousands still have dozens that pass away as a result of it. Dangers to their long-term health if they don't die, but if they do die, well, that kind of ends the whole long-term thing altogether, doesn't it? Even worse, this tragedy, what happened to Craig, what happens to thousands of other Americans every year, it doesn't have to happen at all, thanks to a brand new generation of portable, safe, silent, and 100% fume-free generators. Those generators... They're available now to all Americans, even those of you out there who maybe think that you might not be able to afford it. The Patriot Power Generator is a solar generator that doesn't use gas, and so it kind of makes sense that it doesn't have any fumes, right? Instead of being loud, it's as quiet as a laptop. Plus, it's so lightweight, you can literally pick it up and take it with you wherever you want to go. You can take it camping. You can take it to a friend's house. You can bring it inside if that's what you want to do. Again, because it's just that safe. Powerful enough to keep your phones charged up, to keep your emergency radios going in times of trouble. Definitely powerful enough to keep your medical devices running, even your refrigerator if that's what you need the most. And right now, you can go visit 4patriots.com and use code TAP, that's T-A-P-P, -P, to get 10% off your first purchase on literally anything in the store. That includes the Patriot Power Generator. Just go on over to 4patriots.com and use code TAP to get that 10% off. That is the number 4patriots.com. Use code TAP, T-A-P-P, -P, and go get yours today. And... I can't encourage you enough. Go visit. Go do it. It's going to be 
important. Summertime is coming, and we have people not capable of keeping your lights turned on currently working in the government. And speaking of idiots running the government, the federal government has now officially ordered Norfolk Southern to stop removing hazardous materials from East Palestine, Ohio. You know, where the big train derailment happened and where Donald Trump completely upstaged the entire Biden administration, where uh, Mayor Pete showed up and was completely embarrassed, and where uh, Mr. Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. has been defending all weekend his decision to not even go visit East Palestine or talk to the mayor of East Palestine uh, because, you know, reasons. We had people from the government there from the beginning, and uh, someone give me my pudding. Uh, that's really about all this amounts down to. I specifically asked the question across social media uh, this weekend, uh, and I've surprisingly got very little response on this. I don't know if it's just folks still pondering the answer or not, but I asked point blank, is Joe Biden's decision to not visit East Palestine more a factor of he simply doesn't care about the people in a city that overwhelmingly voted for Donald Trump in the last presidential election? Or does it have more to do with the fact that right now he knows he is at heavy risk of being primaried, and because of the ridiculously shallow talent pool the Democratic Party has, Pete Buttigieg remains near the top of possible people to replace him on the ticket. Therefore, all the bad press that Pete has been getting as a result of this, and now finally some of these mainstream legacy uh, news outlets have started reporting it, how terrible a job he's done since becoming Secretary of Transportation, Altogether, you know, a lot of the stuff they were ignoring early on, but now have kind of realized, hey, there's a pattern here. Maybe Joe's playing Democrat internal uh, party politics. Let him keep taking all those slings and arrows instead of uh, Joe Biden showing up. And now all of a sudden it gets refocused on him and the bad press focuses there. Well, I, see, I can't quite make up my mind. So my response to the question is, can't it be both? And I honestly feel like it probably is. But let's get back to exactly what's going on here. On uh, this past Saturday, the EPA ordered the railroad company to stop moving this dirt and soil that's been tainted by all the highly dangerous chemicals that spilled out. They want this so that they can literally start approving all aspects of the removal, saying, quote, moving forward, waste disposal plans, including disposal locations and transportation routes for contaminated waste, will be subject to federal EPA review and approval. That's, of course, coming from the U.S. EPA's administrator for Region 5. Uh, it was stated at a news conference. Now, Officials in Texas and in Michigan, uh, the locations that this tainted soil had been moving to, both have said that uh, tainted soil and water from the scene, including millions of gallons of water used to douse fires at the site, have been brought into their states without full disclosure. 
meaning, hey, uh, this stuff just started getting moved, and nobody told the people of Texas. Nobody told the people of Michigan, hey, guys, you know what? This really big mess that's causing a lot of health concerns and uh, possibly creating the mutation of local turtles so that now they want to uh, eat pizza and start watching kung fu movies, uh, uh, this is a very dangerous situation. We're just going to bring it to you, and shh, we're not going to mention it. I think elected officials, unelected officials, I think average everyday citizens living in the states of Texas and Michigan should be a little concerned, should be a little upset. Probably still not quite as upset as residents of East Palestine, Ohio, but they should be upset too because what are they doing? They're just moving this stuff around, moving it around. By train, by the way. Isn't that what started the mess in the first place? Anyway, about 2 million gallons of firefighting water from the train derailment site were to be disposed of in Harris County, according to the uh, county's chief executive. That's, that's a lot of uh, disposal. How are they disposing of this, by the way? We don't know. The EPA doesn't know. Uh, they hadn't been keeping track of it. They haven't been making sure, even though, according to Joe Biden and according to Pete Buttigieg and according to the EPA folks, they've had people on the ground within two hours of the derailment. But nobody seems to know exactly what it was that's been going on as far as the treatment of this tainted soil and water. A company called Texas Molecular, speaking to CNN, uh, says that it's been receiving about 30 truckloads of tainted water a day. So I guess it hasn't, it's been moved by trucks as well. Quoting here from Judge Lena Hidalgo, speaking to reporters last week, quote, It's a very real problem. We were told yesterday that the materials were coming only to learn today they've been here for a week. They were told a week after they were being sent that, oh, yeah, we might be sending you some stuff. Okay. Texas Molecular. Now, Ohio officials said that 20 different truckloads of contaminated soil had been hauled away from the site. Some 15 truckloads were taken to a licensed hazardous waste treatment and disposal facility in Bellevue, Michigan. But five were sent back to East Palestine. Shore said that she believes that the company's methods of disposal have so far been in compliance with federal regulations. She believes. She doesn't know. They haven't been keeping track of this. They haven't been keeping tabs. They haven't approved of. They haven't signed off on. They, again, have not done what literally their actual legitimate job is. Now, I know, I know, we're talking about the EPA, right? All of us have gotten to the point where we've just come to believe that thanks to the inactive and unconstitutional actions of Congress, that the EPA actually just gets to sit around and make a bunch of rules, regulations, and we treat it like it's the law. But now we're actually talking about them performing their legal and created purpose making sure that accidents of dangerous and hazardous things are cleaned up properly. Well, they're there, but they're just kind of, I guess, taking a photo op. 
They want people to believe that, oh, you know, we're kind of doing this, and we've sort of done that, and it's we're here. It's not enough to be present. Remember, it's like Barack Obama being in the Illinois State Legislature before he became a U.S. Senator candidate. Um, 90% of the time, and it's a slight exaggeration, it was actually about 88%. 88% of the time, when he was called upon to vote, he voted present. That voting record wasn't much better once he got into the United States Senate. And, wow, that certainly qualified him to be President of the United States, didn't it? Voting present, when you're supposed to be doing a job, is not good enough. Why have we allowed ourselves to lower the standards that we accept from these people? I mean, I get it. We, we've come to understand that the federal government in particular is a great place to go if you want to fail upward. But why are we accepting that? Why are we permitting it? Why are we allowing it? We do still control the government whether they want to acknowledge it or not. We just have to start exercising that power, period. Their operational budgets comes from our tax dollars. Their bosses are elected based on our votes. We get to control that. We get to say who makes the decisions because ultimately we are the ones making those decisions. We just need to be well informed enough. We just need to be informed enough. Now, shorter after having said that she thinks the company's methods at disposal are in compliance, uh, continued. <clears throat> quoting here, but we did hear from residents who were concerned, and others, and a number of states. We're reviewing the transport of some of the waste over long distances, and finding the appropriate and permanent certified sites to take waste, as we do with other contaminated sites. Now, the uh, Ohio Republican Governor Mike DeWine's office said that uh, about 102,000 gallons of liquid waste and 4,500 cubic yards of solid waste were being stored at a site at the derailment. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry. Stored at the site of the derailment. Residents of East Palestine and the surrounding area have complained of headaches, dizziness, and difficulty breathing since state and railroad officials opted to ignite tanker cars carrying volatile chemicals. The so-called control burn sent a huge plume of black smoke skyward and raised concerns about long-term environmental damage. Residents have reported dead pets, tens of thousands of dead fish, and uh, uh, lots of livestock. Also, just mysteriously passing on. There seems to be good reason to be concerned about what it is we're talking about when we say health issues, especially of a long-term variety. Look, these guys have got to get their act together, and if they don't, then we need to put people in place that will. We've often talked about how elections have consequences, and unfortunately we've allowed this lack of consequence to continue to roll downhill to the point that 
it's going to be a huge slippery slope uphill battle kind of thing to win back control of these organizations and getting them back to doing their initial agreed upon job. They're supposed to be serving the public. They're supposed to be performing very well-defined services. And if they're not capable of that, and if we can't replace the inept individuals who are supposed to be running them with people that are capable of doing the job, then maybe we don't need those organizations at all. Save taxpayer dollars one way or the other, either through efficient government or the most efficient form of government, a department not existing at all. All right, let's go ahead and take that mid-hour break before it gets any later. You guys don't go anywhere. I will be right back. And remember, when we're talking about the left... Don't take my... Definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain. If you really want to tap into the truth. Hey, Joe. This movement is trying to eradicate the real definition of a man and woman. If society allows them, they will eliminate our families and all righteousness. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. Beginning in the 1940s, black Americans, for the most part, were very moral with a strong belief and faith in God. Despite the onslaught of Democrat racist brutality, blacks were on an upwardly mobile track. Most black Americans and Americans in general learned about and taught their children about right and wrong. They knew what a woman and a man is and how human beings came into existence. Black Americans also understood that to overcome the one-time, never-ending torture of Jim Crow, etc., etc., that they could not be the same as those who were committing those evil acts. Today, many black Americans like Shannon Sharp of ESPN whine to high heaven about oppression in America. Mr. Sharp says that they're so concerned about blacks in America and scream about white supremacy. Yet they roll into the black community via the Trojan horse of destruction, attaching the existence of black Americans to the LGBTQ plus movement that is being allowed to destroy the very principles that helped blacks overcome bigotry in the first place. God created both man and woman only. Deal with it. I'm Ron Edwards. Beanstalk's designed specifically for people who haven't started investing yet or don't know how to do it or haven't been trained how to do it or are worried about investing in the stock market that they've never done before. It's a robo-advisor system that really simplifies the investing process. The challenge we all have is that as you work and you grow in your career, you have to put something aside for yourself when you retire around 65 years old. And the idea of Beanstalk's is to simplify that whole process. In other words, 
put aside 10% of your salary each week, maybe just $100, and let it go to work in the stock market for you. And what Beanstalk does is basically automate that process for you. Easy to set up. You can transfer directly to your bank account and puts it into exchange-traded funds, which are baskets of many stocks, which gives you diversification. That's the whole key. The idea that you can have this done for you weekly or bi-monthly, but the most important thing is to start now and make it so that you are putting something aside for your own retirement. Beanstalks just makes it really simple to do. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Ours was the first revolution in the history of mankind that truly reversed the course of government. And with three little words, we the people. We the people tell the government what to do. It doesn't tell us. We the people are the driver. The government is the car. And we decide where it should go and by what route and how fast. Almost all the world's constitutions are documents in which governments tell the people what their privileges are. Our Constitution is a document in which we, the people, tell the government what it is allowed to do. We, the people, are free. There's a clear cause and effect here that is as neat and predictable as a law of physics. As government expands, liberty contracts. America, this is Ken Crow with Conservative Daily Briefing, and you are listening to Tim Tap Tap into the Truth. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so very much for staying with us through that very brief break. Glad to have you along for the ride. I want to take a quick moment to remind you that. Even though we are still technically in winter, spring is just around the corner. It is time to start making your plans for outdoor adventure. I got two companies I want to talk to you today. I'll talk to you one here in the first hour, another one in the second hour. They can go a long way towards helping guarantee your success for your outdoor adventures. Here, we're going to talk about blue coolers. That's right. 10-day ice at half the price. You got uh, prices that literally, uh, they start at around uh, $200. And you're like, oh, wow, that that's a lot for a cooler. These are literally the super coolers. These are the high value items you cannot do better than what blue coolers offers uh you just you just can't i'm sorry uh, you can say what you like to about it but you literally are looking at everything from starter bundles to various packages but this roto molded super cooler lineup has things starting at 30 quart championship series level the 60 quart ice vault series and uh they have put so much thought into the engineering. 
that it really is a case of the little things meaning a lot. Uh, wheels for the larger ones, uh, easy removable straps. Uh, you can also get the uh, the the inside vacuum pressure sealed release with a simple easy to reach push button. Uh, and so many little features here and there that I really don't have time to go into all of them for you. But please take a moment, go down into the show description, uh, click the link that will take you to Blue Coolers. And by clicking that link, they'll also know that I'm the one who sent you. And just check out and see what they have to offer. There is no better value in coolers. It doesn't matter. You can get a lot that are cheaper. They're not going to hold up uh, near as well, and they're not going to last you as long. And none of them, none of them are going to give you 10 days worth of ice, the blue cooler guarantee. All right. So with that having been said, what do you say we get uh, to the next story? This, this story is an important one because it would appear that China has already crossed the Biden administration's the red line. You see, it's been known for quite a while that China has been undercutting Western sanctions against Russia through trade and Chinese purchase of long-term energy supplies. Twenty days before the invasion of Ukraine, Russia and China declared a no-limits partnership and have steadily been increasing trade with one another ever since, and in their own national currencies so that international markets really aren't affecting them at all. When, however, it was recently reported that China is providing technology that Moscow's military needs, including navigation equipment, jamming technology, and jet fighter parts, well, the move seemed to take the Biden administration by surprise. Ooh, we're so shocked. We had no idea. It's not like there weren't common sense voices here in the United States that were, you know, telling people what could possibly happen as a result. No, 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 no. None of that was happening. It's just, oh, my friend Xi Jinping has decided that he's going to cash in the same way that I'm trying to cash in by virtue of using Ukraine as a really great money laundering uh, technique so that I can just steal a lot of U.S. taxpayer dollars and put it in those cushy little Biden crime family bank accounts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I never suspected that China would, you know, try to help keep this war going. <clears throat> so, anyway, while China is very busy considering what Secretary of State Anthony Blinken called lethal support of Russia, uh, as he said in an interview with CBS back in February 19th, uh, we're asked what was meant by lethal support. Blinken's reply, of course, weapons. There's a whole gambit of things that fit into that category. Everything from ammunition to the weapons themselves. Well, it would appear, however, that China's doing a lot more than merely considering lethal support to Russia. China has already supplied significant military aid in the form of dual-use products, you know, the kind of things that have both a civil and a military use. Things like semiconductors, you know, used in a wide variety of weapons, including jet fighters, helicopters, drones, guided missiles. According to uh, the International Institute of Strategic Studies, 
there's evidence that China is the biggest exporter of semiconductors, often through shell companies in Hong Kong in the uh, UAE. And these are all going to Russia. Some Chinese companies are also supplying civilian drones, exploiting the gray space between military and civilian purposes. Already in July of 2022, information was surfacing that Chinese exports of semiconductors to Russia had more than doubled in just the first five months of the year, while Chinese shipments of aluminum oxide used to make aluminum that's vital in weapons productions, well, it was already 400 times higher than that in the previous year. A recent report by the Wall Street Journal showed that in addition to exporting semiconductors, Chinese state-owned defense companies have been shipping navigation equipment for Russia's M-17 military transport helicopters and $1.2 million worth of parts for Russia's Su-35 jet fighters. China's also sent the Russians drones that they used to locate Ukrainian forces to target them with artillery. According to uh, an analysis from the Center for Advanced Defense Studies, a U.S. nonprofit group that specializes in identifying national security threats, they said, quote, despite international scrutiny and sanction protocols, Reliable global trade data shows that Chinese state-owned defense companies continue to send military applicable parts to sanctioned Russian defense companies. These Russian companies have been recorded using these same types of parts directly in Ukraine's, uh, in Russia's war in Ukraine. Blinken raised the issue of the Chinese Communist Party's lethal support for Russia when he met with his Chinese counterpart, Wang Yi, uh, at the uh, Munich Security Conference uh, just a little while ago. The secretary was quite blunt in warning about the implications and consequences of China providing material support to Russia or assisting Russia with systematic uh, sanction evasion. This, according to a senior State Department official, supposedly was there at the meeting. Now, U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations, Ms. Linda Thomas-Greenfield, was even more explicit, saying if China provided lethal military aid to Russia, it would cross a red line. Ooh, we know... When we're talking about Barack Hussein Alawakbar Obama, and so far if we're talking about Joseph Robinette Biden Jr., when you're talking about crossing a red line, well, that's pretty serious stuff, boys and girls. That's pretty serious indeed. I sure hope they're taking that serious. They've crossed a red line. Now, it's highly questionable at this stage whether the Chinese will pay any heed at all to Blinken or to Thomas Greenfield's warnings. In March of 2022, the Biden administration delivered a similarly worded threat to China that helping Russia evade sanctions would lead to consequences. China did exactly that. A year later, consequences have yet to be seen. In fact, don't hold your breath if 
if this is something you believe that's going to happen. There'll be posturing on television. There'll be the pretending that uh, Joe Biden can put on his aviator glasses and suddenly become the coolest cat on the planet and is so brave, so historic, that he can walk through a war zone during air raid sirens where clearly there is nothing actually happening and it was only turned on for the optics of the propaganda to be used. There have been no consequences yet. We know for a fact they've done it. They've already crossed the red line at least three different times. They just keep changing where the line is, right? <coughs> Excuse me. Jake Sullivan, President Joe Biden's National Security Advisor, said back in March of 2022, quote, we are communicating directly, privately to Beijing that there will absolutely be consequences for large-scale sanction evasion efforts or support to Russia to backfill them. We will not allow that to go forward and allow there to be a lifeline to Russia from these economic sanctions from any country anywhere in the world. Ooh, tough talk. In September of 2022, China and Russia agreed uh, on further military cooperation with a focus on joint exercises and patrols as well as on strengthening contacts between the general staffs. In December, Chinese President for Life Xi Jinping gave instructions to strengthen economic ties with Russia. China has also been collaborating with Russia on large-scale military exercises. In December, the two countries held joint live-fire naval exercises, known as Maritime Cooperation 2022, a yearly event since 2012 in the uh, East China Sea. On February 14th, the Russian Navy Frigate Admiral Gorshev I probably butchered that, sorry, Admiral. Reportedly, armed with uh, Zircon hypersonic missiles, arrived in uh, Cape Town, South Africa, for a 10-day joint military exercise. According to the Russian state-owned news agency, the Admiral will perform a training launch of the Zircon hypersonic missile during joint exercises with South Africa and Chinese navies. On the political level, Chinese senior diplomat Wang Yi uh, arrived in Moscow on the eve of the one-year anniversary of the invasion of Russia into Ukraine. This in a show of support for Russia. Wang met with Foreign Minister uh, Sergei Lavrov, and then he also met with the head of Russia's Security Council and President Vladimir Putin as well, saying that China would continue to work to strengthen and deepen the China-Russian friendship. Saying, quote, no matter how the international situation changes, China has been and remains willing to maintain the positive trend with Russia in building a new type of cooperative relationship between major powers. China-Russian relations are mature and solid as a rock and will withstand the test 
of the changing international situation. We are ready, together with the Russian side, in accordance with top-level agreements, to resolutely defend national interests and dignity and promote mutually beneficial cooperation in all areas. Xi Jinping? He's expected to visit Putin sometime in the next couple of months. It should come as no surprise whatsoever that in addition to all this extremely public cooperation, China's also been secretly exporting military components for Russia's war efforts in Ukraine, especially since the U.S. threat of consequences for China and China's evasion of Western sanctions uh, exposed itself as being, well, being pretty dadgum hollow. These revelations are not only an embarrassment for the Biden administration, which should have known and acted upon them a long time ago, but it also serves as yet another black hole in the ability of the United States to deter adversaries. It shows, rather sadly, that the words and threats of the U.S. carry zero weight internationally, and that America's most aggressive adversaries are able successfully to collaborate. This is not surprising to anyone. This is not a thing that would have happened under Donald John Trump. Russia would have never invaded Ukraine. China would not be on the eve of invading Taiwan. They would still be making plans. They'd still want to do it. Make no mistake. I mean, China's not backing down off of anything, but they wouldn't be willing to risk the consequences. They wouldn't cross the red line of a Donald Trump administration because Donald Trump showed repeatedly that he was more than happy to carry out pinpoint, precise military strikes without having to get involved and engaged in a long-term conflict. Part of the reason for that was because he had no vested interest in trying to turn it into a profit center for himself or for his political allies. When Donald Trump was president, India was a close ally that loved America, and they served as a counterbalance for the nuclear capabilities but Islamo-fascist state of Pakistan, and served as a counterbalance for developing markets in the same region as China. Since, since, since Biden, I kept wanting to say uh, Obama in this situation, I kept trying to catch myself, not Obama, not Obama, it's still Biden. But seriously, we're still pursuing the same international uh, agendas, the same goals are there. This really is uh, Obama's third term, because there's nothing policy-wise that's being pursued that's any different. They're just trying to undo all the good that Trump did in his short time trying to uh, save the republic, and they're trying to push it further down, thinking that uh, they may only have a short amount of time to try to do unrepairable damage. They want to push it so far down. That's the whole reason for Biden's little executive order trying to put woke numbskullery in every part 
of the executive branch to the point that the only way to root it all out would be to just to fire everybody and start trash. Which may be the only way to save our republic as is. Just, you know, if anybody, I don't care how good they are, I don't care which side they're on, I don't care what the, the office they've held, what their background is, we may just be at a point where like, nope, we're just going to reset. Boom, we're, we're going back to the original Constitution and the first Ten Amendments, the Bill of Rights. Everything else is being lobbed off. We're taking every setting member of the government, whether you're an elected official or if you're part of the deep state bureaucracy. Boom, you're all gone. Sorry, you just lost your job. And just replace them with highly vetted individuals that remember what the role of government is, what their job is supposed to be, and understanding that they are constrained by the limits that are laid out by the Constitution. I don't know that we're that far gone yet, but it certainly feels like we're that far gone, and I'm, I'm understanding the frustration, the mounting frustration that we're seeing in and amongst multiple people, including Ron. Uh, Ron's last visit, you guys heard him, he was... So frustrated, and and we all get that way sometimes. We do. But we have to remember what it is we're fighting for and why we're fighting for it. And in this instance, we are looking to restore the republic and then pass that republic on to the next generation, even the ones who currently don't truly appreciate it because they don't understand the evils of the ideologies that they're being taught as it's a good thing. Hey, you guys should embrace socialism because, you know, then everybody's equal. Well, you know, if that's the only part of that argument you hear, that sounds great, right? No, everybody's equal. Okay, well, problem is, when the government's trying to guarantee outcomes, there's only one outcome that can be guaranteed. Everyone can be equally miserable. They can't guarantee success. You can't legislate success. You can't just level the playing field to a point to overcome natural talent and the willingness, the drive to work hard, to excel. That has to be a merit that is rewarded. And merit-based decision-making must be allowed so that the people that don't want to put in the time and the effort can still see how much more success they can have if they will start. Let that little switch flip. Let the idea sink in. Let it become something of merit and value in and of itself. Let's stop pretending like we're all victims of one thing or another, because whether you like it or not, boys and girls, we are all victims of something or another. We are. We're all victimized, and sadly enough, sometimes the thing we're most victimized by is ourselves. Our unwillingness to get out of our own way, to accept and adopt ideas that are detrimental to our own well-being. And that's where people like Ron and, and Annie and, and Ken and all the people that are semi-regulars to come visit here, and even the folks that are just stopping by the one time and you never hear from again, the, the whole premise of what we're fighting for is to save the very concept of liberty rather than let it become extinguished and make our children's children have to fight their way back to freedom in a dangerous world where the weapons have become so much more violent and so much more deadly. Let's fight for on the, the battlefield of ideas 
the very things that we have had our forefathers lay down their lives for to try and protect. Let's save it, let's salvage it, and let's engage these younger people who have been led astray by evil folks. And let's try to maintain our guiding focus, because that's when frustration really comes in and hurts. That's what we need to do right now. Let's uh, let's go ahead and transition into hour number two. You guys don't go anywhere. I'll be right back after this very brief break, and uh, we'll pick up on, well, the culture war side of today's podcast. I'll be right back. From a blue state clan Taught to praise the little man Told that union saved the working class He was raised a red state son To love the flag and own a gun Warned about the greed within the mass They met beneath the moonlit sky A college party drunk and high And when they had degrees They said their vows he couldn't say when, he couldn't say how, he couldn't say why, she was different in his eyes. They built careers and had a kid, tried to live like their parents did, but both their parties taxed them close to death. Learned to hate the public schools Watch TV making fools While trial lawyers looted what was left She, she couldn't say when She couldn't say how She couldn't say why He was different in her eyes Saw them years ago A happy little cabin in the west Homeschooled on their farm Making so much more from so much less They can say when, they can say how, and they can say why, they're different in your eyes. They're different in your eyes. They're different in your eyes. All men and women created by the go. You know the you know the thing. <laughs> Joe Brandon, I agree. <laughs> I mean, he has made clear that. Uh, 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 well, I've uh, walk around the world to ease my troubled mind. Down, I'm thanking you. My body lying somewhere 
No, no. I promise you, the president has a big stick. I keep forgetting I'm president. All right, Joe, put that big stick away and pick up a cone of uh, double chocolate chip ice cream instead, buddy. Uh, way more your speed. All right, here we are, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so very much for uh, being with me today as we enter our number two of Tap into the Truth. And uh, we're going to be looking a little more at some of the culture war stories that have broken the last couple of days. Definitely interesting to discuss on the level. One of them, actually, I think, is way more complicated than it's being made out. I'm probably, because I'm going to take a balls and strikes kind of approach to that story, uh, we'll also probably be taking a lot of arrows from folks on both sides of the political spectrum because they're going to want me to support one side or the other, and that's not really where I'm falling on it. So, you know, uh, something to look forward at the bottom of the hour. In the meanwhile, before we get started at all, once again, I do find myself needing to talk a little bit to you about today's sponsor, which is fourpatriots.com. Yes, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. If you will go visit the number four, patriots.com and use promo code TAP, T-A-P-P, all caps, you can get 10% off any first-time order. Everything in the store, including the Patriot Power Generator. Now, the reason that they're still heavily promoting the Patriot Power Generator is because this is something that typically does take a little while to get back in stock. So they want you to have an opportunity to go order yours today. And if for some reason, if you're listening, blah, 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 and you don't end up uh, just going and visiting fourpatriots.com, there will be a link in the show description that will take you to a specific page that, again, will let them know that it's traffic generating from this show. So you're still kind of helping to promote. Uh, and they're going to know, but you're going to get to see their current special offer on the uh, Patriot Power Generator. Now, the thing that I need to tell you is that it's all part of a brand new generation of portable, safe, silent, and 100% fume-free generators. And the fume-free bit is important. Most gas-powered backup generators do emit carbon monoxide, which can be deadly. Even if you follow all the rules, even if you do all the safety precautions in place, there is still a risk. There's no risk of carbon monoxide here because this generator is solar-powered. It doesn't use gas, so it doesn't have fumes. And it's not loud. It's amazingly quiet. It's as quiet as a laptop. It's very lightweight. You literally can pick it up and take it with you and go anywhere with it, including bringing it inside because it's just that safe. It can keep your phones charged up. It can keep your medical devices working. It can even keep your refrigerator working. And these generators are available to all Americans, even the ones who think that they might not be able to afford it because they do have some great payment options available. So, again, uh, just visit forpatriots.com, use the code 
TAPP, T-A-P-P, to get 10% off your first purchase on anything in the store. That includes the Patriot Power Generator. Just go to 4 use code TAPP, get 10% off. That's the number 4, Patriots.com. Use code T-A-P-P, all in caps probably helps. Go get yours today. Now, we're going to start talking about libs of TikTok. Yeah, you see, I got two stories involving uh, the nice, nice, lovely lady who wears the moniker of libs of TikTok on Twitter. This individual has announced that she's publishing a children's book, which, of course, immediately sent leftists into a frothing, ridiculous, rabby-appearing-like uh, rage. Because, heaven forbid, somebody with conservative values might try to write a children's book. Oh, my! Uh, a lot of folks on the left started accusing her instantly of committing acts of domestic terrorism of peddling Nazi propaganda, you know, basically just the typical leftist reactions whenever a known conservative tries to do anything, targeting children and trying to undo the brainwashing they've been pushing so very hard. So, you would think, based on these reactions, though, that this particular book, well, it may be focused on things like Commanding kids not to say the word gay. That's one of their favorite things. Maybe making fun of the rainbow flag. Or making fun of teachers that wave the rainbow flag. Maybe, maybe her book will even be telling kids how to deal with their sexuality. Mm, nope, none of that, actually. The book is titled No More Secrets, The Candy Cabinet. Okay, so remember that name. No more secrets. And one of the reasons I want you to remember that is because even though I've got no connection to it, I'm sure uh, this is a book that would be good to have in everybody's house. Now, in No More Secrets, the message here is that children should not keep secrets from their parents. And even scarier for the folks on the left of the propaganda train, it warns children to be very wary of adults who would ask them to keep secrets from their parents. Hmm, why does that sound so familiar? Change closets in public schools, anyone? Okay, so a lot of folks on the left simply don't agree with this message, obviously, which seems absurdly obvious to most reasonable people, but Again, we're talking about folks on the left, so these are not reasonable people. <sighs> some examples, some of the folks on Twitter, uh, Jesus Freaking Congress stated the uh, actual book title, How to Become a Nazi. Obviously, he doesn't know anything about the book. Several several criticisms. Uh, yep, Orthodox Jew writing a, a book about the dangers of adults telling kids to keep secrets from their parents 
is the same as the book about how to become a Nazi. Hey, what did we tell you? Criticism was going to be intelligent? No, I think not. It's really not difficult, though. I mean, it, it's not. They wanted to, to push back and say things like, is it going to warn children about predatory Christian leaders or Republican legislators? Well, you know, there's a simple solution here. That's kind of a, a gotcha. Uh, the, this individual thinks they're owning the right when they say this, and they think they're owning libs of TikTok when uh, this goes on. But um, a lot of critics actually said something pretty similar to that. But, you know, let's make it simple. If your teacher asked you to keep secrets from your parents, don't trust that teacher. If your coach asked you to keep secrets from your parents, don't trust that coach. If your Christian pastor asked you to keep secrets from your parents, don't trust that pastor. Simple, right? Straightforward? Pretty pretty down the middle? A message that works no matter who you're talking about. If you're an adult, regardless of what position you hold in this child's life, and you are trying to encourage the child to keep a secret from your parent, that should at the very least be considered a red flag. Right? Of course, the reason why a lot of liberals, well, so-called liberals, are opposed to the book is because they do believe children should keep secrets from their parents, as long as those parents are bigots and, and they don't support their gender identity, or they might actually suggest that merit is important. And, of course... Who gets to determine who the bigoted parents are? Well, you know, the, the people who are currently encouraging kids to keep secrets from their parents, of course. Those are the folks. That makes the most sense, right? <sighs> Libs of TikTok publishing this book is sending an actual positive message. But it is a message that runs completely contrary to all the efforts of the left in trying to steal their children away from us, whether it's in the name of equity or in the name of gender identity or in the name of just the government owning your kids. I mean, it would be a completely different scenario if a conservative teacher was telling a student that they were going to help them understand why they weren't actually gay, but the student needed to keep that conversation a secret from their parents, the left would be up at arms. The left would be saying, how dare you uh, suggest that you keep this secret from the parents? The parents need to know, except that Again, they really don't think the parents need to know. They just don't want a conservative teacher uh, having that conversation. The biggest issue with this book, the biggest issue with 
all of this is that there's not enough people joining this lady who runs Libs of TikTok. There's not enough people that are pushing back against the mindset to begin with. But uh, Chaya, the founder of Libs of TikTok, she's not just getting pushed back over the book. She's now getting pushed back from the software company Slack. She was informed from Slack this week that it has permanently suspended her from being able to use their services over a violation that the company wouldn't disclose. That sounds familiar. You're in violation of our community standards. Well, what exactly did we violate? We have the right to simply discontinue service. We do not have to disclose that information to you. Blah, 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 blah. Babylon B, CEO Seth Dillon, who is one of the top supporters of Libs of TikTok, by the way. Uh, Seth posted a screenshot of the email that the company, Slack, sent to Libs of TikTok explaining their decision to not do business with them anymore. Quoting from it here, We are writing to let you know that we have suspended your workspace for violations of our acceptable use policy. As highlighted in the Slack's acceptable use policy, Slack may exercise its right to suspend or terminate your access. We have refunded the most recent monthly charge of $75 to your credit card. You can expect to see a refund on uh, our card in uh, five to seven business days. We can provide you with a copy of the data stored in your Slack instance using an electronic file transfer service on request. Now, Dylan responded to the email by tweeting at Slack HQ, has permanently suspended libs of TikTok. If your business is defending kids, Slack doesn't want your money. It's a good thing to know. Libs of TikTok also responded to the suspension online writing at Slack HQ is angry that an account is working to protect childhood innocence by educating people about mutilation surgeries, porn in schools, and inappropriate adult entertainment being presented to kids. Uh, Seth Dillon later added uh, an update saying, after I tweeted that at Slack HQ had suspended libs of TikTok, I got a reply from Ask Salesforce saying they were looking into it. Sounded like they might do the right thing, but instead of reinstating the account, they deleted this tweet. And the tweet, of course, says directly, Hello, Seth, Salesforce, Slack team looking into this issue. And then they just deleted it. So they looked into it and decided, oh no, we can't do that. This, of course, comes right after it became public knowledge that Libs of TikTok was going to debut her first children's book next month. <sighs> what do you even say to this? 
what is the point of this? I mean, Slack, the, the Slack channel, what, what is the value that they were providing? I don't know. How heavily was uh, this lady who now has turned libs of TikTok into a brand and therefore has some folks helping? Uh, I would assume that's what the Slack channel was being used for. What is the purpose here? Did they even get the message of what the book was about? Do they understand the general message? Does it matter at this point? Is Salesforce, the parent company of the Slack uh, service, are are they that far to the left? Because we've seen plenty of evidence that they are, but I'm still wondering how much of this has simply been cowardice on the part of big business, uh, being afraid to stand up to these extremely noisy wheels because it tends to bring lots of bad press. And they spend so much of their focus on what's happening in Twitter during the age of bots that it would really only take two or three people who would then turn around and use multiple accounts and use bot accounts to try to inundate them with negative press when none of it was legit. It was like four people and two of them actually worked for the company and were uh, just trying to bully their boss. We've seen this a multitude of occasions, but at the end of the day, when you see this kind of reaction, what's what's the adage? You know you're right over the target. When you see that level of resistance, you know you're directly over the target. The leftist in this country cannot withstand the American children being properly educated. It is a huge danger to their goal, their ultimate effort, if suddenly something like critical thinking is once again being introduced into the educational process. We want you to think for yourself. We don't want you to just think what we tell you. We want you to learn how to absorb the information, how to process the information, and how to draw conclusions based on what information you have. And, more importantly, learn to understand when you don't have enough information to make a good decision based on the information you process. That, that little bit alone is tremendously dangerous to the efforts of the left. So they can't have it. Their takeover of colleges and then their takeover of high schools and now their takeover of grade schools at all levels, would come to a screeching halt, which needs to happen, and thankfully is being pushed back against, even by a lot of people who tend to think of themselves as being liberal, people that tend to think of themselves as being woke or, or as allies of oppressed people. These folks are starting to come to a realization that they're being used, and their children are paying the price for it. We talked last week about a school system that literally hid all the merit-based awards their students were receiving, claiming to be trying to protect the feelings of those that didn't earn those awards. But in fact, no matter what the rationale is and whether they believe that to be the case or not, they're still actively engaging in a war on merit. And when you fight against merit, uh, you are also fighting against this leftist identity politics mumbo crap. When you 
look at the merit of a situation, you are able to gauge the actions of a person based on what was accomplished, regardless of what their faults may be. Because the dirty little secret is that all people have some faults. We all occasionally make mistakes, some of us more frequently than others. We all sometimes make major blunders. If you're going to constantly disregard anything good we've done based on the fact that we're actually human and occasionally mess up, then nobody can be held up as a hero. No one, and no one should be. But that's part of the plan too, isn't it? See, we now have some acknowledgement that Margaret Sanger, once a hero of the left, is problematic because the the truth couldn't be hidden anymore. Margaret Sanger was a racist eugenicist, and she created Planned Parenthood not to help protect reproductive health rights. She created Planned Parenthood in an effort to commit a genocide against people of color. That is what her intention was. So now she's problematic. But that doesn't mean that Planned Parenthood isn't still an ally in the battle. It just means that you have to continue to ignore what its primary purpose is and clearly what its primary purpose remains because there's a reason why you don't find Planned Parenthoods in uh, traditionally white neighborhoods. That's still not the target. Is it? And if you think you're not being targeted by Planned Parenthood as a young girl in this country, then you are mistaken. There's no other reason to create an association with the Girl Scouts of America if you're not targeting young girls. Oh, we're trying to empower them, Tim. How dare you suggest such a thing? Clearly, I'm sorry, clearly, when you create a merit badge having to do with uh, Planned Parenthood, then you are in cahoots, and this is about targeting, trying to teach these children that, hey, you know what, it's okay to have an abortion. Why? Because if you go around murdering pre-born humans, it's just a rite of passage. It's you going from being a young girl to becoming a woman. They don't want to talk about that little hole that is created in your soul when you do this. They don't want to talk about how there's going to be a piece of you missing forever moving forward that is often experienced by most, even the ones that refuse to acknowledge it. In fact, the people that are normally suffering from it the most are the ones that are out there being the loudest against it, not because they're trying to convince you, but because they're trying to convince themselves. There's nothing wrong with what I did, and I'm going to do it again, and it's great, it's fantastic, you should do it with me. Why should you do it with them? Because misery loves company, right? People, the natural instinct, it's way easier to tear other people down than it is to try to lift yourself up. And it's certainly more instinctive to tear somebody else down than to try to lift them up. There is not a real effort going on here to do anything more than to destroy the souls of people to make them easier to be controlled. Period. So when Libs of TikTok comes out with a brand new children's book that says, hey, by the way, kids, don't keep secrets from your parents because your parents can't help you if they don't know what's going on. And don't trust adults that are trying to convince you to keep secrets from your parents because those people have a, an agenda other than helping you. 
That should be thought of as being smart, clever. That should be thought of as being a great thing, a great message. Every child should be taught that for a reason. We're still not that far removed from the cries of stranger danger out there, right? Only now the left is promoting stranger danger. They want you to trust the stranger ahead of your parents, ahead of your family. They want you to go out there and do all the things that are going to further confuse you and keep you vulnerable so that they can then own you the way they think they already do. <sighs> not, not a good thing. All right, let's move on to what will be a much more provocative topic, I think. But first, we'll take the mid-hour break. Don't go anywhere. I will be right back. You're listening to Tap Into The Truth. Alleged shooters in Uvidel, Texas, Buffalo, New York, and Parkland, Florida were all under the age of 21. So now many are calling for raising the legal age to purchase legal firearms to 21. But is that a real or emotional solution? Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook brought to you by Constitutional Grounds Coffee. If simply denying guns to sovereign citizens solved the murder, robbery, and beating of people, then London, England would not have a brutal ongoing crime problem, including... An alarming number of individuals stabbed and beaten to death that rival gunshot victim totals in American cities like Chicago and Los Angeles. The hypocritical American media and leftist government officials are well aware of London's horrific stabbing and bludgeoning crime wave. That alone should illuminate in the minds of objective and morally decent individuals that neither pushing the legal age to purchase a firearm to 21 or banning certain firearms is a real solution to the current crime crisis. At the root of the vicious spate of both murderous and injurious shootings is an almost unforgivable lack of proper instruction of multiple generations of American youth regarding good moral standards and behavior as well as a refusal to hold those who commit wrongful acts accountable for their dastardly deeds. Instead of taking guns from law-abiding sovereign individuals, how about dispensing real justice? I'm Ron Edwards. Second Skull. Breakthrough. Revolutionary. Game-changing protection for athletes. Second Skull is an advanced line of protective headgear designed to mitigate the effects of sudden impacts. These impacts are driven by two types of energies. A linear impact occurs when the head sustains a direct hit and then comes to an abrupt stop. Helmets provide protection and reduce the transfer of energy to the head. Here, our protective skull cap provides additional impact protection through its impact absorption technology. A rotational impact occurs when the head is impacted at an angle before coming to a quick stop. 
here, our product reduces the amount of energy transferred to the head. Helmets provide protection to dissipate some of the rotational forces. The second skull cap provides additional rotational energy benefits by redirecting impact energy. Second skull provides an independent layer between the head and the helmet. The result is an improved rotational benefit value caused by the slip in our protective skull cap. The slip is further enhanced by the fact that each second skull cap has a floating protective material layer nested between two fabric layers. The layers are comprised of a low friction fabric moisture wicking layer and an independent impact absorbing layer. Our second skull cap provides game changing protection against both linear and rotational forces. The result is two great protective benefits that improve most helmets. Constitutional Grounds, the hot air roasted coffee that produces a smoother, richer, healthier, and less acetic coffee. Our unique hot air roasted coffee has a most delicious taste that everyone is raving about. Because you want the best, Constitutional Grounds is the coffee you want in your cup. Simply go to theronedwards.com and click on to the Constitutional Grounds coffee display to make your purchase and to be sure to use the RE20 promo code and you will receive a 20% discount. Remember, Constitutional Grounds, the coffee you want in your cup. Let's set the record straight. There's no argument over the choice between peace and war. But there's only one guaranteed way you can have peace and you can have it in the next second. Surrender. Admittedly, there's a risk in any course we follow other than this. But every lesson in history tells us that the greater risk lies in appeasement. And this is a specter our well-meaning Christian liberal friends, our, our be- priests, bishops and pastors refuse to face. That their policy of accommodation is appeasement. And it gives us no choice between peace and war, only between fight and surrender. If we continue to accommodate, continue to back and retreat, eventually we will have to face the final demand, the final ultimatum. And what then? When Satan has told the people of this world, he knows what our answer is going to be. He has told them that we're retreating under the pressure of his Cold War. And someday when the time is right to deliver his final ultimatum, our surrender will be voluntary. Because you see, by then, we will have been so weakened from within, spiritually, morally, economically. He believes this because from our side, he's heard voices pleading for peace at any price. Or better read than dead. Or as one commentator put it, he'd rather live on his knees than die on his feet. And therein lies the road to war. Because those voices don't speak for the rest of us. You and I know it and do not believe that life is so dear and peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery. If nothing in life is worth dying for, when did this begin? Just in the face of this enemy? Or should Moses have told the children of Israel to live in slavery under the pharaohs? Should Christ have refused the cross? Should the patriots at Concord Ridge have refused to fire the shot heard around the world? The martyrs of history were not fools and our beloved dead who gave their lives to stop the advance of the Nazis did not die in vain. Where then lies the road to peace? Well, it's a simple answer after all, that you and I have the courage to tell our enemies there is a price we will not pay. There is a point beyond which evil must not advance. In the words of Reagan, evil is powerless if the good are unafraid. You're listening to Tap Into the Truth. Hey, Joe. They say building back better, make America great. If that's a wave of the future, all I've got to say. Stick your progress where the sun don't shine. Keep your big mess away from me and mine. If you need 
That's right. If you just leave all that so-called progress uh, out the door, leave us alone, would be awful good. All right, before we get back to the show, I want to uh, remind you once again, as I suggested back in the first hour, spring is just around the corner. So now is the time to be planning to make all your outdoor adventures successful and, you know, memorable too. Now, back in the first hour, we talked a little bit about blue coolers. And if you will follow the link in the show description, they'll know I sent you. Same deal here, only this time we're talking about fire and flavor. Yes, that's right. If you're talking about the Hero Grill system, you're talking about the most portable charcoal grilling system on the planet, and it's also eco-friendly. But Fire and Flavor is more than just the Hero portable grill system. They have all kinds of supporting things that go along with either the Hero grill or just general outdoor cooking, period. Uh, They've also got uh, recipes. They've got uh, chicken and pork brines that are available. They have different dry uh, rubs available. They have premium charcoal that's available. Uh, just all kinds of cool stuff. Plus, if you just want to read some of the stories about Fire and Flavor, uh, visit their website and just hit that tab. But regardless of why you go there, and what you're looking for, whether it's the signature dry rubs, the premium uh, charcoal, the brines, the uh, Hero Grill system, whatever you're there for. Maybe it is just some recipes. It's all one simple thing for you. An eco-friendly company that helps make sure that your outdoor adventures are premium. So, again... Link in the show description. They'll know that I sent you. And that's all I'm asking for. Fire and Flavor. Check them out right now, right away. Don't hesitate. Or you can wait to the end of the show. <laughs> anyway, what do you say we talk about what's quickly certain to become one of the hottest topics of the upcoming week? In case you've been under a rock for the last couple of days, it would appear that our good friend Scott Adams is going to see a downsizing of the number of newspapers that are carrying the Dilbert comic strip. Uh, Of course, Scott Adams is the creator of Dilbert. He's been known to be uh, a bit contrarian, I guess, is the general view. Uh, He certainly leans a little more to the conservative side than he does uh, to the left side of the political spectrum, but uh, he's a humorist, and he has that kind of dry humor, and he's always been kind of critical of corporate mentality within it, and so he appeals to a working-class crew, but uh, he kind of got himself in a little bit of trouble from the folks on the left, because on his little online stream-of-consciousness thing that he does, uh, where people will tune in live, and he'll kind of read news headlines, and he'll talk about stuff, and then he'll just kind of, as it occurs to him uh, what he's going on, he came across a Rasputin poll that basically said that close to half of the black Americans that they had polled 
we're not willing to commit to saying that it's okay to be white. <clears throat> now, you do have to kind of break down the numbers here. First and foremost, it was, I think it was like 26% that definitely said, no, it's not okay to be white. And then it's about 21% that said they were unsure. So that's still a ridiculously high percentage of uh, people that are unsure if it's okay for somebody to be white. And, and I wish I knew the context in which they were trying to place this. But that was the question. And that is what Scott Adams was reacting to. However, that reaction led to uh, you know, a typical Scott Adams mild-mannered rant where essentially he said some stuff that was based in frustration and, and some of it was kind of common sense stuff and then some of it was very difficult to take any other way besides being racist. And that's where the trouble comes from because, you know, everybody on the left is going to go in and say the whole freaking thing is nothing but white supremacist racist behavior. Uh, he did his traditional humor bit where he had said that he'd been identifying as black for a while. And that was all because he wanted to be on the winning side. And he talked about uh, how he had wanted to mentor and, and be positive and to be an ally. And that was part of his idea behind identifying as black uh, for a while. And part of that was kind of the ongoing Dilbert race and politics in the office kind of uh, thing that he's been pointing out for a while now. And a lot of folks have been saying from the very beginning that that was coming from a racist place when, point of fact, I don't really think it is. And I don't think it was. Now, do I know with certainty? Obviously, I can't. But it does seem to me like most of what was expressed here in this rant, and, and I did, I watched the thing, it was, uh, it's about a seven and a half minute uh, section and about uh, an hour long thing that he did, at least I think it was about an hour, well, probably not quite that long, but I kind of focused, he first started talking about how things were going uh, with China and Russia getting closer. Now all of a sudden there's people that are concerned that the Biden administration may be getting us closer to World War Three and actual nuclear annihilation. And there's good reason to be concerned about that, boys and girls, because like what we talked about back in the first hour, China doesn't believe there's any teeth behind any threats being made by the Biden administration. And they've been demonstrating that from the very beginning, from day one, when there was supposed to be a meeting between Chinese diplomats and U.S. diplomats in Alaska, and they just showed up and they just completely disrespected the U.S. delegation and then left with nothing being accomplished. Day one out the gate, China does not respect the Biden administration, nor should they, because as we know, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. and his entire family had been bought and paid for by the CCP. Period. In a discussion, if you disagree with that statement, you're welcome to disagree with it. You can think I'm wrong all you want to, but the sad truth of the matter is you're the one that's wrong, and you need to come and join us here in reality. Anyway, let's, let's reel back to this topic, because if I get back to that one, I'm going to completely miss the point. Uh, 
Now, a lot of the statement, and, and here's, let me, let me go through my thinking here before uh, I go any further, because I had clipped it, and then I was going to edit it, taking out uh, a few of the swear words that uh, Adams had used, and I was initially thinking, do I just need to, to take some of the clips and maybe play one or two clips from the segment? Or do I need to play the whole segment? And in seven-minute segment, it's kind of kind of long. I have played segments as long as five minutes and six minutes in the past. But I was thinking that the seven and a half minutes, that might be a bit much. And I, I do have to admit, I was thinking... I'm not worried about people accusing me of giving him a platform beyond his own. He's got a big enough platform. He doesn't need mine. So that wasn't really an issue either. And I do believe that it's important for people to hear and understand what was actually said and hear it for themselves. Because I know a lot of people are going to see a headline. A lot of people are going to know it's out there. And they're not going to bother to take the time to go see for themselves. And they're not going to understand the rationale behind this statement. But as I was listening to it, and I was trying to think, okay, do I do I take that clip? Because there are definitely a few statements that are undoubtedly going to be used for uh, these little clips, and, and they're going to be out there, and there's folks that are going to handpick the worst of them. But I didn't want to handpick the best of them either. I wanted to give a true differential. And the more I thought about just trying to take a clip, no matter how I did it, I think it's impossible to not listen to the whole thing and get a true measure of what he's saying and what's actually happening. Because if you clip anything from it, then you are taking context away from it. It's just the way his stream of thought thing went. Now, there were some things that he said that are extremely problematic. Uh, really, I hate using that verbiage because I feel like I'm joining the left when I say it. But there were just honestly were some things that were said that is very difficult to take in any other way than being a racist statement. He does say, as a result of this poll, that uh, having identified as black, he had inadvertently joined a hate group. Now, I really, really would have had to have said to him at that point, time to pump the brakes there, Scott. Because first and foremost, it's a Rasputin poll. This Rasmussen poll only talks to so many people. Okay? You talk to so many people, and depending on who they actually got to respond to the poll, that's going to affect the outcome. And even in this Rasputin poll, it's still less than half of the respondents that raise the question of whether or not they can agree with the statement of it's okay to be white. Now, that's still a ridiculously high number, and it doesn't matter much. But let me let me use an example that I think most people out there can relate to. I think just about everybody uh, who will be listening has at some point or another uh, watched Family Feud, right? Uh, all the questions they ask, they put answers up on the board, you're supposed to guess the answers, and it's based on the responses from 100 random people that were surveyed for the question. And as you have seen, there are occasions where 
questions, even questions that should be a little bit harder to get consensus, are pretty easy for you to guess the responses. And then there are almost always some that uh, should be pretty easy to get general responses, but you there were three, four answers sometimes that you would have never guessed. That does, doesn't even make sense to you that that would be a response to the question asked. Now, that is almost always exclusively a result of what hundred people they survey. And depending on where they're at and how they approach this, you don't necessarily get an accurate view of the whole country as a whole or the entirety of all black Americans in the case of the Rasputin poll. This well, I keep saying the Rasmussen. It's Rasmussen, and I and I I keep hearing in my ear. It sounds like I'm saying Rasputin, and and that's not. <laughs> it's Rasmussen. Enunciation is really important, but I'm saying it so fast I get the sputin in the for some reason. So I apologize. Um, depending on who they polled, they're still even if if they asked a huge sampling, which I'm pretty sure this wasn't a particularly large sampling for their average poll, as far as the responses go, you're still not going to get an accurate picture of what all black Americans feel like. This is the same way as if, if you ask a hundred housewives uh, what their man's biggest flaw is. You're, you're not going to get a full view of all housewives across America. You're going to get the views from that small, small sampling. And there's so many factors that can skew that based on reality. So do I believe that nearly half of black America cannot agree with the fact that it's okay to be white? I'm going to say no. I don't think the number is that large. I do think that there are a lot of people in the black community here in America that have fallen victim to victim mentality because that is something they've been hammered in with, uh, the same stuff that we've been talking about for a while with having taken over education. And, and they want that victimization, and they don't want these people dedicating themselves to educating themselves. So... I think you run into the real issue there that if you're not paying close enough attention to who they even ask, then you run the risk of getting a very negative impression of the results of this poll that's not necessarily as accurate as Rasmussen would like you to believe. Okay, so fair enough there. Uh, Scott Adams should have considered that, should have thought about it, should have taken the family feud factor into his factoring before getting overly emotional about the response. That's the starting point. Whether Rasmussen's doing their largest sampling size ever, even if they had talked to every single black American in the United States and still come up with roughly the same results, I still don't think that that's an accurate depiction. Now, I got to tell you, I'm still not real fond of the result, no matter what the sampling size was. It should not be a case that we are legitimately so far divided in this country that you can ask more than 12 people from one neighborhood that question and get numbers that high. It's absolutely frustrating, especially if you're somebody like Scott Adam, who has made efforts in the past to do charitable work and, and do things that are very positive for all 
communities in the United States, uh, including black communities. So, yeah, to consider yourself to be an ally and to still be called a racist just by virtue of being white, which is something that happens a lot, that is a bit much. So there's reason to be frustrated. He just let that frustration overflow. And, and again, I'm, I'm not making excuses. I'm just trying to make an explanation here so that you will go see for yourself. Because I decided not to play the clip. Because, again, I couldn't play part of it without playing all of it. Just too much context would be lost because he's so back and forth. You need to know why people are upset about it. But you also need to know why he said it. It doesn't make it right, but you can't really honestly judge. Again, like we were talking about earlier, if you have a lack of information, if you don't have enough information to make a reasonable decision, then so be it. And the problem comes when he responded by saying things like, if you're white, if, then you just need to get away from uh, black people. I'm not saying we shouldn't be friendly. I'm not saying that we should go start a war. But just get away from them. That sounds pretty racist. Now, uh, given the current effort in the country to try to resegregate on their own, to self-segregate, there are probably certain groups that are going to be the most offended by statements that are actually going to agree with, yeah, that's what you should do. When, in fact, the real cure to racism is for there to be more interaction. For us to get to know more individuals on a personal basis. When we get to know people, we stop seeing them as a certain skin color and we start seeing them for the merit of their character. That's the solution, not stay away from them. He made the point, uh, the statement that uh, if, if you focus on education, you have opportunities to do better. But if you're not going to focus on education, uh, then I can't make that my problem anymore. Uh, things of that nature that actually it's common sense. It's not your problem if somebody else is falling short because they refuse to put in the effort to be successful. We hold up and we tout on the conservative side of the aisle people of color who have elevated themselves through education. People like Dr. Uh, ben Carson comes to mind. We look at uh, Nikki Haley who is the daughter of immigrants from India. We, we look at all these different people and we hold them up because they have made themselves successful. But even the people that the left hold up that are people of color, they have still set themselves apart, not by tearing down the system or trying to destroy the system, but by taking advantage of the opportunities that they've been given and by working hard. People like Oprah Winfrey, who I couldn't be further away from from her political viewpoint and how she uses her media empire now to promote these negative anti-American ideas. But how did she become successful? Where did she get to that? How did she build her media empire? By working hard as a beat reporter, working her way up to being on screen, becoming an anchor, and then eventually hosting her own show. She worked her backside off and she used the talent she had. Um, Let's talk about a guy who really should just shut up and dribble, LeBron James. How did he set himself apart? He's got a tremendous amount of natural talent that's difficult to ignore. 
But LeBron James worked his backside off to become the best current basketball player out there. And it pains me to say that. There are so many people I like better than him. So many people in the NBA. Uh, and unfortunately, not that many of them have a different political view, I'm afraid. But when it comes right down to it, he worked hard to achieve that level of success. They used the system that exists. And yet they still preach to young people that haven't had a chance to make it, go tear down that system. Scott Adams, out of frustration, said some things that I'm pretty sure that if he wasn't sitting there just doing a stream of consciousness, this is my thought, uh, this is just how I'm feeling in the moment kind of thing, probably would have been much more meticulous in the messaging. And that's not to say that he still would have come off without sounding racist. That's not to say that the left still wouldn't run with it saying, oh, can you believe how racist he's what? He just said that uh, black Americans should do this. He, as a white guy, he has no right to tell black Americans what they should do. Okay, well, fine. Fair enough. Technically, that's not a wrong sentiment. Not because he's white, but because ultimately none of us have any business telling anybody else what they should do as long as you're not committing an act of violence and you're not engaged in criminal activity. If you're doing something criminal, then pump the brakes, buddy. We do have a right to say, hey, don't do that, because you're hurting people in some fashion. Uh, that's kind of where most societies draw a line and should do so here. It's not likely it's going to be salvageable for Scott Adams to save his career. And it's unfortunate. He's probably going to take a major hit, again, because there's so much of what he did say in this rant that's really hard to be uh, offer up any type of defense for him. To say, okay, well, it's really not as bad as they said. Because parts of it actually are pretty bad. There are things that I would hope uh, no one would say. Uh, there are probably a few things here that uh, a member or two of the Ku Klux Klan might have said, Damn, I can't believe he just went there! Because it did get there. And, and I do highly recommend, I, I'm going to have to ask you, reserve judgment until you actually go hear the spot. Uh, it's still up on YouTube, at least right now. I don't know how much longer till they'll rip it down, and they probably will. The fact that they have enough actual fuel to say, oh, see here, this actually is racist right here, this is racist, they may leave it up long enough for you to get a chance, but go see it for yourself. And remember, it's not the first clip, uh, but it's only about seven and a half minutes It's this part of the rant, and I think it's about uh, somewhere around eight to ten minutes in, uh, maybe a little longer than that. I don't remember now. It was earlier today that I was looking at it. But I still may change my mind about playing the clip at some point. Uh, if you guys out there want to hear it on an upcoming broadcast, reach out to me via social media and let me know if you would. Uh, otherwise, I'm probably just not. Uh, you can go find it, like I said, right now pretty easily. And if you can, I'm sure you could probably go over to Rumble. You'll probably be able to find it there later. But it's still clearly from a point of frustration. And I think if we at least try to understand what would happen, maybe, maybe you can see that it's not necessarily as bad as it's 
as it was painted, but so much of it, it just, it sounds bad. My real fear here is that a lot of people are going to stand firmly on the, oh, he should be canceled. And then a lot of people are going to stand firmly on the, he was just saying common sense things. And really, this is a case where it's not black and white. It's not clear cut. Some of the things he said, it's really hard not to take as being racist. Really, really hard not to. I still, based on the overall tenor and tone, don't think that that's what he actually meant for it to be. He's still just trying to express the frustration of the fact, he even quoted Don Lemon in part of it, talking about how some of these uh, neighborhoods could just strive to improve their own conditions and things would get better instead of just blaming it on other people. But still, how he chose to say it, it's so problematic. Anyway, that's going to have to be it for today. Like I said, I'm I'm not coming down on his side, and I'm certainly not coming down as hard negative against him as a lot of folks want me to either, because I do understand the frustration. It is really hard to try to talk common sense and try to talk breaking the, the political chains and, and learn and educate yourself and take charge of your future by by embracing the liberty that you do have here that you don't have other other places and for all that to just be called a racist it is hurtful if you take it to heart it is tiresome anyway that's going to have to be it for today i certainly appreciate you listening and i do heavily encourage you please uh visit all the sites check uh, hit all the links in the show description uh, visit fourpatriots.com. Come join Tap into the Truth on Locals. I would love to have you join us over there. And in the meanwhile, don't take my word for it. Definitely, definitely don't take their word for it. Be prepared to put in some effort, and most importantly, use your brain if you really want to tap into the truth. This is Tim Tap. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, Brandon. Hey. Let's go, let's go. Hey.